Hello and welcome to Wise Up. You're listening to the podcast that aims to break down barriers in the music industry by pairing upcoming young music executives with industry vets. I want to be prepared so I seek the man upstairs for precaution or if I really want to change the way I'm walking. That's metaphorical. Today we have Jason Gimby and Kwame Kwatin. Jason runs Polarface Music Group which amongst a series of recent events called The Neighborhood Watch have also signed artists like Sophia and Deja. Kwame needs no introduction from touring as a band called De-Influence back in the day. He now sits as the vice chair of the Music Managers Forum as well as running his own management agency, Ferocious Talent. The man is involved in so many different projects that I couldn't do justice by naming here and now. So I'll let him talk to you about them in this upcoming episode. Hope you folks enjoy. I got away with finesse. And the lady said they love the way I got the game unlocked. And there's less harder working niggas than the days that I rest. Don't let that go over your head though. Ten toes, been show from the get-go. Whipping like Geppetto. Uh, you niggas only stick around for months, man. I've been doing this for years and you ain't even seen the demo. Uh, the anticipation's killing me. I know it takes longer because I move differently. In a me's kind of worried about the industry. So I just say a prayer before I execute delivery. I'm charged up. Uh, so let's go. Welcome to Wise Up by Stone Die Music Group. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, we have Kwame and Jason, and I am very, very excited to interview you both on this show. Super. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. So it'd be great to hear a little bit about your journey, Kwame, uh, as you started in the music industry. I understand you started as a musician, de-influence, right? That's me. Yeah, quality. Quality, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah de-influence. So, so, yeah, de-influence. So we started where? 1989 as de-influence. There's myself, there's Sarah. There was a guy called Ned. There was another guy called Ed. There was Ajax. There was Steve. They, basically, it was almost like that. The ethic of it was more like a sound system almost. We were just like, we've got a group of friends. Let's just go at this. And then basically what happened is, is the core remained. So the core four in the end remained, you know? And so basically there's the four. So myself, Steve, Ed, and Sarah, the web, Sarah Webb. So you got D-Influence. We get signed to Acid Jazz Records first. Then after that, we get signed to Atlantic Records in America. From being signed there, we then embark on loads of touring. Uh, the touring, you know, for us, we played everything. I mean, I've got, in fact, I've got, I got a T-shirt somewhere and on the back of it, you see the amount of shows yeah. that we did. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, that, that, was, that was it back then. That's how, you, that's how you spread your message, you know? It's like just hard and on the road. So I learned loads by doing that. Yeah. I can't even imagine like doing that many shows in a year. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was that was us. Then you go from de influence to being in to producing. So we were producing as well. So we were producing for other acts. Mm, and that yeah. first of all started small and then sort of got a bit bigger. Bit bigger. And yeah. then sometimes you just end up doing some of your heroes. So we did Tom Brown, you know, who 
had a huge track called Funkin' for Jamaica, but we remixed for him and we were like, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. then we did Lady Smith, Black Man Bazo, who, again, South African singers, just incredible, mm. like, mind-blowing. Then you do people like Misha Paris, Beverly Knight. Then we did, like, Shola Amma, obviously, discovering yeah. her, doing the whole of her first yeah. album. So we did three quarters of the first album. Probably so, so, mate, that, that's the one thing I actually, actually, actually put on my list of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Much Love is like one of my favourite albums. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I was at the process of making that record. Like, like you've got any fond memories of making it? Oh, well, that... The, amazing. Yeah. Because the thing is... That is nothing is given, right? Yeah. Mm. Let's be real, like nothing is given. Right? We for us, we were like, there is no way, right, this industry is gonna take us up and basically go, yeah, come if you want to produce some of our acts, then fine. You know, it was that was never gonna happen. Because mm -hmm. we were just like industry has enough trouble back then understanding British black music. So That's what I'm gonna say, yeah. British yeah. black music producers, hell no. Like, they didn't have trouble even, you know, because they were like, well, what's the point? Because you're not going to get on radio. You're mainstream anyway, so whatever. So our thing was like, well, I'll tell you what. What we're going to do is, it was really simple. Like, the plan was, if you're not going to let us in, we're going to come with a star and we're going to do the music for it. And then you'll take notice. So mm. that was it. So based, fortunate for me, just so happens... I come across Shola, Hammersmith Tube Station. She's singing to herself, so walk past me. I'm like, hold on, who's that? Bam. Chase her down the, the, the station with, give her a number. Luckily, she had seen us. Again, this is the fortunate bits that come into play are that she had seen us as a band perform uh, opening for Michael Jackson. So, of course, she saw us opening for MJ. She was like, you must be legit. So we were like, yeah, we are. So she, she's like, okay, cool. Number swap you know, spoke to her mum, all of that stuff, you know, made sure everything was cool, comes down the studio, she starts vocaling, and really from there, we're about five, six tunes in, and we get a call from Mickey D, who's the A&R guy, and he just says, listen, he said, she's great. He goes, Quam, who does she sound like? I said, I don't know. He said, who does she sound like? I said, I don't know. He said, she sounds like Randy Crawford. He goes, which tune would you do? He said, he said, one day I'll fly away. He was like, and I said, nice. I said, we should do You Might Need Somebody. Mm. <laughs> Who knew? So we do You Might Need Somebody and kapoom. Like, it just exploded. You know, yeah. as in, it was everywhere. That summer, everywhere. On every, every radio station. Every, everywhere. There's yeah. a very strange sensation as well where you can literally be in a cafe and, and hear something that you've put together mm. just on the radio. It's like, you know. So we did that. And, mm. um, oh, and then after that, really, the floodgates opens for production. So we go from production, then, um, and you know, with production, you have a high time, and then it starts to slope off. And when it started to slope off, we were very much, we'd started to, you know, really think about our journey a lot. So our journey to where we were was one of us, a lot of trial and error. And we kind of, we were just like, you know, it can't be like this for the next set coming through. Like, where's the education? Where's the, where's the, where's the looking at the next set of music biz entrepreneurs? Where's, where is all of that? Because mm. that's how we, so we had literally made our futures. We had gone from, from zero to turning over 400,000 pounds a year in production. Do you know mm. what I mean? 
So it was like mad, right? So we were like, yeah, but there was no roadmap. So we had made plenty of mistakes along the way, you know, signed some deals where you're like, well, maybe we should have, you know, asked for points on this tune or blah or this or that or whatever. I still get paid to this day for Shola's first album. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and that's only because luckily there was some paperwork in place, but the, the, the difference between, you know, you hassling for an extra percent if a thing does over a million units, you might think, oh, well, that's not going to happen. Or over half a million, I just ask for that extra percent. You know, that can, that can yeah. be like an extra 10 grand in a year, an extra 15 grand in a year, you know? Yeah. So that's all. So we were just like, okay, look, one night I'm asleep. I wake up, I woke up vexed. I put in a call to Andrea, um, and I, who was just a mate, really, who just happened to be in PR. And I was like, I want to stick together a... A, a, a sort of a, a, a forum to just for talking shop about the industry. And in them times, there weren't all of the, the, the things that are around now, right? Mm. So it was like a thing for talking shop mm. and just talk shop. Not, not oh, I'm an artist and yeah, I'm, I'm griping. No. What about next generation business people? So that mm. was our thing. And we just stuck to, phoned up all our mates and basically got them to sit on panels yeah. And then that was it. The urban, the urban music seminar was formed. We mm. did that from '97. The first one, 500 people came to. Then it was 2005. Then 4,000. Then it went up to seven, and then it got nuts. So you know, the urban music seminars had many daughters and sons. Many, oh, yeah. like many yeah. people that came to that original set of things are people that are in you know good positions now. And that was a point. Of it, the point of it was, you know, who's the next generation, and 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 so that was the vibe. And 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 then we stopped for three and a half to four years, you know, everybody had kids, blah, this, that, XYZ, and then came back and came into the ultimate seminar. So started doing that. It's different though. When we came back, it was very much a thing of okay, creating vision is going to be this. So myself, Nikki, Charles, Andrea, your and we formed this thing called Creating Vision. And the whole thing about it was exactly as the title says. It's that thing of looking at things, but through a very wide angle lens, you know, uh, and, 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 and looking at the business in that way as well. You know, yeah. mm. you don't have to be so, you can really widen your view and be many different things. And um, it's all free. So we've set yeah. it up in a way that it's all free. I mean, there was a lot of begging. We had to go in a begging bowl to lots of different labels. Because yeah. again, you're explaining something where you're kind of going, listen, this is a long-term throw. This is not like you're going to get a, a quick result. This will be, you're going to sponsor it now. And in four years time, three years time, one of the people that was at it, is you're going to need a band off of, and they're going to go, I remember you from there. Mm. Be involved now, you know? And so they were like, yeah, okay, fine. And luckily for us, we've managed to keep it free. And that's the vibe. So I went, during all of that, became a manager as well. Because again, strangely, through doing the seminar in the first place, I, I, my, my contacts database just became huge. So a lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah you should go into management. Like, you know, like loads of people. So I, I was, I, at first I was like, no, 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 no. And then I came across one singer that I just thought, she's so good. So I basically took, did a yeah. deal again, couldn't find a deal in England, went to the US, found a deal for her over there, signed her over there. Yeah. You know, that one didn't work. 
Then I had three years in the wilderness mm. with with uh, managerially because I, what I didn't realize was I was changing from being an artist and a producer into being a manager. And that transition is not, you can't just do it because it's yeah. a very different mindset. You know, at first, my first, as I said, two and a half years. And during that time, I, I, I joined a big management company and they were like expecting results. And like two years had gone past and I had and I'd fired pure blanks. And um, they just said they were, you know, I was. They basically they said to me, "You got six months left, and if you don't come with something," they said, it's, "This is this is a fruitless relationship. It hasn't really worked." And luckily for me, I've, I've, I came across a a, a singer called um, Rumor, who I signed mm. to. I signed her to Atlantic Records, and then to Christmas mm. Music Publishing. That record, uh, you know, went on to sell a million copies. So then after that, I then, I could see me doing something else. I, I couldn't work out what it was. So I came out of that and immediately on coming out of it, I got first of all asked to sort of get involved with uh, Believe Distribution. So I learned loads about streaming there. Yeah. And then from there, got point blank, ah, got involved there. Okay. So point blank music school, which is, which has been amazing. You know, I, 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 um, sort of do mentoring, consultancy, and now the label, Point Blank Records. So I'm director of A&R there. And then as well as that, I've got all of the ferocious talent, the roster, all of that stuff. So I'm plenty busy. I can you imagine. And, and, and amongst all of that, of course, there's trustee for MOBOs, trustee for Brits Trust, EJAG, which is the Equality, Equality Justice Advisory Group. So that gives advice on diversity to the bpi black music coalition mm. which yeah. i'm very proud to be a part of and yeah. um, you know this is a lot mmf, MMF vice chair yeah yeah exactly mmf vice chair that's wonderful it's great but learn so much from just doing that it's just comp you know great to be a part of and yeah so that's me and that's how i got here that's where you are today that's uh <laughs> that's amazing to hear. i uh honestly i could listen to you talk for hours and I'm sure, yeah, you've got, me, me too. I'm sure you've got <laughs> stories as well. Going back you know. to uh, something you said earlier, which was like when you started out all these these panels, uh, talking shop, talking business with other industry folks. It's hard to imagine that nowadays because we've got AIM, we've got MMF, we've got all these boards, all these panels, especially during yeah. COVID. Mm. There have been so many talks um, mm. that you can mm. just attend for free. Um, yeah, well, that wasn't a thing, mate. Exactly, yeah. Then... If you were going, you could go to Medem. You might go to In The City, but loads of these things, they were paid events, right? And our thing was, with the seminar, was we have to break that because our thing was the people that need it have not got like 200 pounds to be going or 300 pounds for the, for, the, for the pass and then another five to six hundred pounds to fly to France, the south of France, and pay like 10 pounds for a, a Coca-Cola in Cannes. You know, our thing was, okay, let's get rid of the toll and let's see if people really want to come. And of course, <laughs> when you want people, we had got rid of the toll, as in the, 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 the charge, people were, people charged to get, as in they, they came in their thousands to it. The, you know, the whole thing about it having been free, no, we were, I can honestly say, we were one of the first to ever kind of go, nah, 
this is how it has to be. Yeah. For that our is, people to come, revolutionary. that's how it has to be. Like, that is yeah. revolutionary yeah, in itself. Like, I can't even imagine being the first person to open it up to the people who couldn't afford... The people who had the talent, but they couldn't afford to, you know, splash yeah. out a grand just to learn yeah. a little bit about the music business. Like, it's... We were like, that's the whole thing. It's like, it was all like access, access, access. Like, loads mm. of it. Was it all if you were getting a pass, you're getting a pass through an organization, again, was the organization active at Arkham was like, nah. Like, all of our lot got to be free. The end. And then, you know what? They will generate. And, and they will make the scene grow and from all the knowledge that they've got here. And in the end, it will come back. We didn't know how. We were like, it will come back in the end. And of course, now, you know, loads of the people that were in the audience are now either A&R or, you know, directors of companies or blah. So they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll sponsor you. Yeah, because I came. That's why I learned my stuff. So we're like, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fine. It took a while, but it's fine. It's all right. Yeah, you you honestly must be so proud that you nurtured a good number of like ANIs, X and directors. You're definitely proud of that. I imagine you definitely are, aren't you? Yeah, but I would say it, look, this is a the thing is is such a team effort. This is the thing. Like, sure, I'm a spokesperson, I got a big gob, but the truth of it is, <laughs> is that really without people like Steve Master, Ed Baden Powell. Sarah and Webb in the beginning. Don't forget the influence. We were taking our own money and paying for the first two seminars. Those were paid paid for by us. We were like, it just has to happen. So we would do like two remixes, take that money, stash it to one side, and then pay for the event. You know, and that was the vibe. But then we worked out that we could get sponsorship and blah. And we worked out along the mm. way. So that's what we were doing. But um, yeah, again, teamwork makes a dream work. In the words of Nikki Charles. So I would say, you know. It's got many sons and daughters, and yeah. I'm proud of them all. I'm like, all of you, go. Go get it. You know, yeah. that's the situation. If they say you can't come in, come in! Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%, mate. Jason, you've been uh, developing a couple of artists yourself in the R&B space. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, um, it would be great to hear about your journey as well. Yeah, um, you know what? Yeah, sort of similar situations. Yours, Kwame, like, you know, just started Boniface, just you know, loving music. I once was an artist myself, but then I kind of realised that I didn't have confidence enough to do that. And the voice was started to go as well. So I thought, you know what, let me leave that side <laughs> and become more of like, but more behind the scenes. I was always fascinated by the behind the scenes. That's even going back to, like, you know, showing Hammer's record, much love. Like, you know, got all the um, CDs for that. I see your name on the credits and stuff like that. So, Looking at stuff like that fascinated me to want to like work in that like, landscape for A and Ring and you know start up my own label and I was very lucky that I was studying at Manchester at the time. And Manchester's got a great musical actually R and B landscape and I was happy to find a lot of good artists who are really some of their first records. This is just me being a rookie and not knowing what the hell I was doing. I just it was just for the love of music. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I will do your first record and we'll see how it goes. You know, when you've seen it getting good support on Spotify, editorial playlists and DSPs, that's when I started to realize, all right, you know what? I think this label could actually go somewhere. I think working in the music industry could actually be a viable career. And I've been very lucky that I worked with artists, um, I don't know if you know them, like Kersar, who's an R&B singer in Manchester. Yeah, one of his, very good. Great yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, did one of his first records, which I'm so yeah. proud of. And, um, you know, that led to more opportunities. I've been very involved in working in like the London, especially alternative landscape, you know, where I'm meeting 
and work with a lot of great artists like Sophia, who's part of that London scene. And I've, I've done shows for other artists in that scene, like Dina, um, done shows for rappers like Masterpiece. Like I've done a lot of shows for artists who've gone on to sign for major label record companies. And that's the really good thing about doing these events for my label is that it's been kind of a nice spot for like A&Rs and people in the music industry to find these artists first time, get to know their music and as well. It's allowed me to connect with them as well and build relationships. So that's what I've been doing for the past, going to be five years this December. So I started when I was 19, 24 now. And that's just what I've been doing. And I'm loving the process, loving the journey. And I'm looking forward to see where it's going to go in the future. Thank you. Love that. <laughs> thank you, mate. Love that. I've got to say thank you to people like yourself, man. You know what I mean? Like OGs, man. Like, honestly, giving me the motivation to, you know, I know what, can do it. Shall we? No matter what yeah. background you are, Shit. you've got a vision, you've got a goal for it. And, you know, I've been to the, the Creating Vision events as well, and I've met a lot of great people at these events. Some of them have actually gone on to be mates of mine as well. So I've got to let you know about that, like, you know, you're creating something has allowed me to make friends, like fellow peers of the industry. Do you never know in the next... 20 years time, they could be very valuable people in the future. So, you know, and a good thing about it is that a friendship's been made because of the love of music and connecting and networking. So thank you for that as well. Listen, man, that's what it's all about. The power, yeah. the power of networking, huge, massive. Huge, massive, massive 100%. Especially in black music. Mm. Mm. Wait, can I, can I say about your, your what you're starting tomorrow? The, oh yeah, oh, hey, you might as well mate, go on. Yeah, go on. I mean. <laughs> Jason only told me about this last week, but should have told me sooner. Um, he got a job at BMG as an A&R and he's starting tomorrow. Yeah, and that's all been due to doing polar face, networking, building relationships. Where'd it go, man? Serious. That's how it all starts. So proud, yeah. This so is it. Thank this you. Thank it. you. This is it. Well done. Yeah. Congrats. Where'd it go? Much, Thank you. So, yeah, hopefully the sky is the limit. Um, yeah. <laughs> not hopefully we decide that we yeah, decide man. that it comes down to us yep and oh man it's it's so inspiring to hear about both your journeys though, honestly yeah it's making me think about mine as well but that's not why we're here um, <laughs> with A&R in mind now, yeah. nowadays we've got so many different things to look out for with an artist you've got like tons and tons of data you've got social media followers you've got well you haven't got live shows at the moment Kwame, maybe this one's more for you to start, but like, how have you found A&R change in the past kind of 20 years without giving away your age? Um, <laughs> Listen, I'm proud, man. My age is 54 and I know I look good. Looking so good, my, man. So my, yeah. so look, my situation, look, vegan. <laughs> I've heard, vegan. I've heard that's the secret. Listen, yes, in the last 20, lots changed. You know, you look at it, we were physical, we were physical, you used to get something, so you used to look at it, hold it in your hands, put it on, maybe it was a CZ, maybe it was a record, you, that's what you would do. Um, and also your routes to finding things, you know, you didn't have, uh, I guess, things like, you know, X Factor or any of these things. There weren't the, what I call them, the TV dredgers mm. who, who, who go out into the sea now, you know, scoop up, Talent in huge, huge amounts. It's amount. a machine. Yeah, and and then, man, the up and down cycle is, can be literally like that, you know. And and that's because attention span wise, it's just a lot. You know, you are you're not just competing with music now, right? You're you. If I'm doing this, 
on my thing, I've got, oh, there's my favorite artist. Oh my God, there's a cat dancing on a hot tin roof dressed as a carrot. Oh my God, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a dog. There's a dog chasing a man. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Oh, what's the name of the dog? Hold on, let me go to the Insta of the dog. Oh, look at the dog. Isn't the dog sweet? Hold on, let me just go back to the artist. You know, it's like you're up against all of that now. So the ways in which you poke out as an artist and the way in which you're received, right, A&R wise, this is why a lot of a lot of labels, you know, they do this. They go to themselves, okay, data is one of the ways in which we can, you know, pick out which songs at least because there's so much information coming down the pipe that it literally you know How people you are using it? yeah people are using filters you know so which is why honestly from where i'm sat i still love you know that thing of developing an act and i'm like i go i have it off grid you know with lauren vula you know she knows <laughs> first thing i said to her was Okay, everything's coming down, like everything. Insta, blah, this, that. Like, let's develop it. Let's get the sound right. Da, 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 all of that, whatever. And then we're coming. You know, that's mm. the situation. So that's, I still, I still love doing that. Or sometimes, you know, managerially, you come across things and you're like, actually, this has got to go now. Mm. You know, so so all I'm saying is, is there's not one way. now. There's many, many, many different routes. It's not oh, you know, just data or just this or just that. Yeah. And going back to what you're saying about experience, because I think that's interesting. Like when you have someone break on TikTok, and then that's the first experience they've had of the music business. That's the mm. first. They haven't played many shows. They haven't toured. And then they yeah. go straight into it. They go straight into touring. Yeah. They burn out so quick. Um, and I think... Well, the, the yeah. problem is, is, is that you're, you're entering in a, a really... It's like a microwaved position. You know, you, you're, you're up there. You've got excellent... And, and everything. You, you've got these huge amounts of streams. And, and it's because of a kind of another thing. So it's very, very difficult you know, for somebody to harness that kind of maybe slow things down a bit, mm. you know, maybe let Flatten the person the catch up. Yeah, maybe it's very difficult because everything, <laughs> you know, in the capitalist, you know, way is going, go now, rinse it for as much as you can, and then just hang on and hope. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's very, that's hard. It's hard. And that's why, listen, I'm not a one to, 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 to slag off the, the, the TV methods of finding talent because I think that, that is, that's formed its own lane and that's fine, you know? I, I, think, I just happen to think that as well as that, you know, the other routes of discovery, that there are, there are many routes, you know, data is one now, that's formed its own lane. Then there's still the head and the heart, that's formed its own lane. Then there's still the long-term development way which is, you know what, we're just going to work this act up from here, etc. You know, there's, you know, there's different, there are many different ways. That's why, to me, I just, it keeps it exciting. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because I've got one artist I've just signed to my label and just, we're just doing artist development. We're not yeah. rushing, taking our time and just letting her find her place. And then when it's ready, we're going to get out. Yeah. I mean, kudos to you for believing in them. I think that's that's one quality of yours I've always 
really admired Jason is that you clearly believe in your artists and how I guess like how important is like that gut feeling for you when you when you sign a new artist yeah for me it's 100% important I, I think it and then I always put down like being a lover of their music first, you know, and if, they, if they've got good data to back up, then that's fantastic. If they haven't, then I think that's the job of mine to like help out and sort out and, you know, improve it for them. So for me, like I'm always been somebody's, I've, I still follow like, the, I like to believe the old tradition of A&R, where, you know, if you like it, you believe in that person, then go for it, you know? And then I think the data will back it, will back itself if you're putting a good work in for the artist. That's how I look at it. Mm. Mm. They're putting the music first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, if the music's good, the data will back out. I think the data will be good because of the music. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting. I um... it's, it's always been my model. All, and I think it's what, like, on the face. Uh, when I started the label, it, it all came from a uni shit alone. So, you know, I, didn't, I never had, like, crazy investments to start mm. the label. So all the artists I've worked with were signed for Polar Face, have all been just new artists. I've never got my way to be like, I want to sign like age. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I ain't got our resources to sign something. Obviously, I don't mind if I had an opportunity. If I had an opportunity, of course I would. I, I haven't got that. So I have to be very realistic of who I could sign. And I find myself signing artists who are starting out, who are new, or, you know, they've got one record out and you're just there from the beginning. And that's how I've always positioned it. And I've kind of said to myself, when Polar Face, gets there and we have all these crazy results. I think I'll probably still carry on tradition, which is finding artists out of the blue and just developing them and taking them from that like the next step. That's how I want a face to be. And one thing that was pretty cool uh, that you started up recently, I bought the hoodie for it, um, was that initiative for You're Up Next. Mm. So you've got this plan to like build a community of, of artists in the UK, um, what's what's your kind of next step for that, and how's it kind of folding and panning out? Yeah, so the whole idea was like during lockdown, I found myself watching loads of old music TV formats, like especially like '90s later live Jules Holland shows, like The Word, like Old Grey Whistle Test, and I was just kind of realized, just kind of thinking, like I'm not really seeing it a lot in our generation, you know, like for Gen Z, Gen Z, I'm not really seeing it, I'm not really seeing these shows and. I just felt like it'd be amazing if I could like create a platform like that. I've always been interested in media and, and TV production. And I thought creating something like that, but then but showcasing, let's say, emerging artists and then having that one artist who's kind of well known. And obviously with lockdown and artists not doing live anymore, that kind of played a massive part of me wanting to like do this platform where you know when we can go back to doing live again be great to get artists again performing live but this time it being recorded and it being you know be like a visual where people can actually watch so that's where like the whole concept of your own next came from by just watching famous classic formats tv uh, music shows and kind of making it as a spin and relating it to gen z that's the whole plan of it yeah. go on mate, if it's not too late man if the influence can get a reunion we'll get you on platform <laughs> listen i'm ready yeah, all right, man. The truth, no, the truth is, the truth is, honestly. Hey, you said it. You we... said it. You can't back out now. No, no, no. no. no you can't back out. Crazy. Crazy. You'll be like, my, you'll be like, my son's made it. You don't need it because you're you're still going. Well, yeah. I mean, we, what we've done, we just basically, as I said, a couple of years back, we just luckily we 
we, we started doing this thing where we meet up once in a year and then just jam. And then basically we posted one of them and then people were like, yo, are you, what are you going to do? You're going to do a show. So we, we ended up doing one. We just set ourselves the task. It's five months time. Let's just do a show. We do, did the jazz cafe. That went oh, really, really yeah. well. So then we did another one. And then we did another one. And so we ended up doing about six or seven shows. And then people were like, yo, listen, we, no, we can't. Because if we get back on this treadmill, it's, it's all good. <laughs> so we were like, stop. So we stopped and then just ended up doing one show in South Africa, one more. And then that was the vibe. So we, we, we you know, but everybody now is so busy mm. with their own things. Do you know what I mean? You've That's been, really cool to hear. Like you've all yeah. become really successful in your own kind of fields outside of the influence yeah i think everybody everybody's about it everybody's doing how do thing. you balance your time like you've, you've got so many different things that you do you're, you're a manager you're a director of an a yeah. you work at point blank uh, music school as well you educate people like how do you you gotta you yeah. gotta watch that because the truth of it is is it's it's very tough and i have to you know constantly you've got to listen in you know, if my missus says, Quan, you're overdoing it, I've got to draw back and go, yeah, okay. And it's not that you want to overdo it. You don't, mm. you don't want to overdo it. It's just that, you know, sometimes it'll all just run away and just go crazy and whatever. And then other times you, it's like instars, you know, you'll be doing one thing and doing one thing and doing one thing, but now the music business moves and changes so quickly, you know, before, Someone would be in something and they'd be in five years and then they'd be like, oh, after five years, maybe I'll do this. Now, please, people are in things for a year, year and a half, and they're like, I'm moving on. You know? So so that's the situation. So I think music companies now, especially ones that are outside the sort of mainframe, as it were, the corporate thing, ones that are outside, but feeding in, literally, we we we're like, we've got to be really nimble. Mm. Like a new thing come NFT comes mm. in. We're like, okay, what's it about? Like, bam, yeah. you know, you've got to, you just have to be on things, mm. you know. Which again, it's, it's it's fine, it's cool, it's all right. Keep, keeps us on our toes, keeps us learning, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not as busy as you, and I've already had quite a few times where I've had to like, all right, AJ, you got to sit yourself down, you got to cut yourself back on one of these projects because I currently work um, at Spotify. I've got my management business very very early on i've got a few other kind of projects going on with like mental health charities and and it it can become a lot very quickly so now i'm sort of i was talking to jason earlier um i'm sort of at the point where i need to give one of these things up or i need to figure out how to kind of balance this myself and jason i mean you're you're starting a new role soon well, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you envisage like you changing the structure of your days once you once you start? Like, how are you gonna gonna balance polar face? Yeah. Um. You know, when I had meetings with people at DMG, you know, I could make it clear to them that um, obviously, ten, 10 till six, I have, I'm a BMG employee, and I won't let them down. I did the best job I can for the company, and then obviously after hours, um. I would have to dedicate that towards Bonafides. That's me going to, especially when um, venues are reopened, going to venues again, um, scouting artists. You know, the cool thing about it, I can apply it to BMG and I could also apply it to Bonafides as well. So that's what, how I'm going to be balancing my time, really, you know, where, you know, 
the hours I need to work at BMG, I put the hours in and after hours, put that on phone to face. And then I always like to make sure that the weekends I actually treat it as like a weekend where I'm actually just off, off my phone, just actually just, you know, recharging. I think that's very important. Before I used to always work on the weekends. I don't get me wrong, working on the weekends is, can be vital at times, but um, sometimes it's best, best as, an, as a human being to get your world to rest. Mm. Yeah, that sounds sure. wise. We could kind of end there with maybe the best advice you've ever received in your career so far. <laughs> Do you want to start with my one? Yeah, yeah, go for funny, it. Actually. When, I, when I told someone I wanted to start a record label, um, someone who actually used to work in the industry back in the day, he was like, don't expect to be a millionaire. And that was the best advice I had from that. And I was like, yeah, true, cool. This is all about the love. <laughs> about the wealth, you know. Because no one buys no one buys physical copies these yeah. days. That's why. <laughs> if this was the nineties, I'd have been a millionaire by now. <laughs> no, I love that. So much depends, right? Doesn't it? Let's be real. So much depends. I look at it like this: Are you Man City or are you Crystal Palace? Yeah. Now I'm 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 a I'm a Palace supporter. Okay. Like I'm Palace. I'm Palace before Arsenal, even though I live in North London. Mm. And so I I go Arsenal. I'll support Arsenal. But actually. Where I came from, back, back, it's Palace. And the thing is, anybody that knows Crystal Palace fans, it's another level, man. The, the way that they support their team is like it's on another level. So it's much more about finding, with them as a team, it's a lot more about finding just one-off players that are going to, you know, that might have come up through the system, Zaha, or, you know, might have come up through a system or blah, blah, blah. Man City, as we know, big team buy big players, but you still need to harness all of those big players. It's still, you know, it's still a job. It's not, it's not whatever. So I think you just decide who you are and then you scrap. (laughs) 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 And then you scrap and that's it. You just fight, you know, you fight for your position and fight and fight and fight. And and, and, and eventually you, you get to where you're going, you know, simple as that. But I've got lo- advice. I've got I've got loads, mate. You people better be ready. Take notes. Is all well, I can the say. best advice you've you've ever been a person, given. A person who moves mountains begins by carrying small stones. I'm getting my note. I'm getting my note. That's the first right piece now. of advice. Okay. Yeah. Also, weirdly, that I got from a person that I was given advice to. He said, and I've I've changed it a bit, but he said, he said it's okay. To have champagne taste and lemonade money. Ah, okay. I like it. <laughs> That's not what uh, I've heard before. Another piece of advice I've had is you have to take a position or else you will be given one. Mm. Man, I um, mean, yes, another piece. Yes, of, keep them coming. Another keep piece. Coming. Stop asking yourself how long it will take and start asking yourself how far you can go. That's probably my favorite one. Yeah. That is, that's something I needed to hear, actually. That's a Just, good one. That is, that's a really good one. Yeah. And this one, I have to say, this this one is, for, again, it's from the Big Magic, but mm. brilliant book. If you get a chance, Big read magic. that book. It's a great book. And it talks about fear, especially with artists. And I say this to a lot of artists. I say, you're afraid you have no talent. You're afraid you're going to be criticized or ridiculed. You're afraid there is no market for your creativity and you're afraid someone else is already doing it. You're afraid someone will steal your ideas, so therefore it's easier to keep those ideas hidden in the dark. 
You're afraid your work will not make an impact on anyone's life. You're afraid big dreams are embarrassing. You're afraid you don't have the right discipline. You're afraid you don't have the right kind of workspace. You're afraid of unleashing your innermost demons. You're afraid your best work is behind you. You're afraid you have never, you never had any best work to begin with. You're afraid you're too old to start. You're afraid you're too young to start. You're afraid that nothing has ever gone right in your life, so why start now? You're afraid of being a one-hit wonder. You're afraid of being a no-hit wonder. There is a bottomless pit from which we can be afraid. Everything is scary. Do it anyway. Yeah. We need to hear. That is profound advice. Something yeah. um, you literally sounded like a poem. <laughs> Big magic. Co- very, very Come, if those quotations, very those if those quotations have kept you having a thriving career, I'm gonna have to flip and buy that book myself. Then, if I can reach your level, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. Huh? Well, it's one. Do you know what? Honestly, it's one of it's one of those. It's one of those. And the thing is, listen, folks. My main success in, I think, this industry, what I count as success is just still being in it. Mm, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm still mm. in it, you know. I'm not saying it ain't a bumpy ride. I'm not saying sometimes, you know, you sit there, you look at the bank balance, you're like, whoa, <laughs> how am I going to make this yeah. work? You know, having said that, though, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still mm. here. I'm still here. So, yeah, and I, enjoy, I love that and I enjoy it. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Um, very honored to be in your company both of you listen mate it's, it's, uh, I, I, lo- I love being amongst you both jason aj loved it thank you Kwame. loved it nice person you know, nice. It's, uh, it's wonderful yeah.